Marvel's What If anthology series of comic books began in 1977 with the question, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Since then, the series has emerged intermittently to throw narrative curveballs at readers in order to open their minds to the multiverse and remind us all that we are helpless when it comes to fate. This week, the MCU debuted its first animated project, a What If Disney Plus series featuring Jeffrey Wright. To celebrate the show's arrival, we're taking the What If concept out of the Marvel Universe and applying it to game-changing moments in two other cinematic universes. In the James Bond universe, what if Vesper lived? And in the Star Wars universe, what if Ahsoka stayed with the Jedi Order? This is Mad Unreal, episode 43. Let's go. Okay, Isaac, I, I am starting to get excited about No Time to Die being released in two months from now? Delta variant. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Hopefully in two months from now. But I'm with you. I'm excited. But now I'm like getting, because, you know, not to put all the business out there, but, you know, we, we got plans for No Time to Die. We got plans. Yeah. That's all yeah. I say. And now I'm getting concerned that those plans aren't going to happen by what's going on right now. So... But we did get a promo. We got a, you know, a, they dropped the, uh, yeah. it was like a 30 second TV spot. I think it was, it is, I think it was an Olympic spot, um, last week, you know, so, and it wasn't anything. I think there was like one quick, like, like half a second clip in there that I hadn't seen before. Um, but everything else was stuff we had seen before, but I, I'm getting excited too. So should we should we remain excited? Is it going to happen, Arthur? And don't bring up no Amazon Prime shit. I'm talking about the theaters. Is it going to happen? Nah. Why? Let me ask you. Why are you getting excited? Because you think it's just going to end up on streaming. So that's why you're excited. You, you just you just think one way or the other we're going to see this movie. Right. That's months. really it. Right. That's 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 really it. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, I don't have a horse in the race beyond being able to see the see this film. Mm-hmm. Um, on schedule, on schedule, mm. and I don't want to. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes I, I have to admit I do like to be right. <laughs> right. Okay. Partic- particularly when it's you and I debating a debating a point. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily looking forward to seeing this film for the first time on my television. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody wants that. So, including Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson. So, that's why I'm thinking. I think it is going to come out in theaters in October um, Mm -hmm. on October eighth. I think that it just may be extremely limited run. You know, if if Mm -hmm. if the variant Mm -hmm. is still going raging as strongly as or more than it is now, I think you may get like a thirty day, forty five day window, which I think they are. I think they've gone to forty five days anyway. Um, and then it's going to hit, you know, the streaming platform, but I, yeah. you know, I, I'm at the point dude. I, I'm ready to pull some money with some people and just like rent a theater, <laughs> you know, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Can, can we just take over a theater or something? Cause yeah, you know, this is the movie I don't remember, that I wanted, that's going to get I wish back. I had it in front of me, but I don't remember how long Tenet actually ran in theaters mm, before I, I was like, Oh, Oh damn. I could see this on right. Apple TV or whatever in a minute, you know, in a, in, in a week. 
Yeah, and that was at the in the height. I mean, we still are kind of in the height of the pandemic, but that was in the 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 early height of the pandemic. Yeah. But that brings us, speaking of James Bond, so for just a quick second, though, we've talked about what if we talked about what if last week um, or the week before, because we it was part of our our summer, late summer preview, fall preview. Um, But this week it it dropped. By the time everybody hears this, what if the Marvel animated series um, will have debuted on Disney Plus? Um, so I'm excited because I, you know, I collected, I didn't collect them. I shouldn't say that. I, I bought them occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. in the eighties, the what if comics, the anthology series. And, um, I, you know, I just would pick up ones that really, you know, hit me. Um, you know, the questions that really were intriguing to me concerning characters yeah. that I, I was really invested in. Um, but yeah, to celebrate that, I think it's just really interesting for us to take this out of, the Marvel universe and apply that same what if take the watcher and put him in the bond universe, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the watcher were in the barn bond universe, um, Arthur, what question, what multiverse, let me put it in your, in your, your language. Cause I know you love to talk about multiverse. So what multiverse would, um, what pathway into the multiverse would the watcher take, um, in the bond universe? Oh, man. Okay. What if Vesper had lived? Um, Vesper Lynn, who died tragically in Casino Royale underwater in Venice, Italy, in a in a in a in a in a broken down elevator shaft. Do you remember? She locked herself in. Did you see this? this, Did you see? I'm sorry to interrupt. But did you see Casino Royale in the theater at home? Do you remember the first time you saw Casino Royale? Yeah, it was in the theater. And do you remember that? I mean, that scene was really that was rough. Yeah, the mo- man, that was really, really powerful because I mean, she was eyes open, looking dead at him as she mm. took a breath took underwater. Breath. Yeah, and then convulsed thereafter. Yeah, and Bond was just—I mean, he was not getting that cage open. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't going to happen, and he was absolutely powerless. And you just see—you just see that all on his face mm-hmm. as it's turning blue because he doesn't he's been holding his breath for two and a half minutes but. right right but i mean I, I think hands down man i think it may be probably tied with the death of tracy in um on her majesty's secret service i mm-hmm. think it may be you know probably the most moving scene in the entire series mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe even more so than majesty's because it's tragic that scene at the end of majesty's but we get it it's prolonged in casino you know what i'm saying it's very yeah. much you know you see her make the decision that no i'm going to kill myself you know i'm not that's going the to thing allow it's suicide them. yeah right. i'm not going to allow them to manipulate you you know use me to manipulate you the way that this other thing is going on so i'm going to end this right now and you see it in her yeah. eyes and her defiance and her you know her sadness and everything and then bond like you said he's frantically trying to open up mm-hmm. that door Mm-hmm. And it's just, man, it's that was it, it just it was something that you didn't expect to see, you know, in a Bond film. You know, this is right after Die Another Day, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this it, is, yes, <laughs> yes. We 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 we're way we're way up here. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is this is very different than the last Pierce Brosnan. And it's no disrespect to Pierce. I, I, I like a lot of his films, but that was just it was just a very different tone tonality than what we had gotten mm-hmm. in the previous mm-hmm. film. And. Yeah, it was it was it was hard, man. That was a hard scene to watch um, to see him go through that um, and to see her make that decision. So, all right, so that's you know Vesper Vesper dies, but then the Watcher shows up, 
and right. says to us, okay, that's what happened in this on this timeline. But what if that hadn't happened? What if she would have lived? So let's talk about that for a second. How could she have lived? You know, what are the what are the ways she could have lived? Mm-hmm. Obviously, homie could have got the door open. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that I don't think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? There, there's just too much going on for his own self-preservation to be able to to give all that he can mm-hmm. to be able to get that gate open. Um, I honestly think that the only way that that Vesper could have lived is if she revealed to Bond everything that had been going on up to the point where she leaves for the bank. Mm. Mm. Uh, really, really, once 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 she you know gets this text on her phone because she mm. you know in, in Casino Royale the way the film plays out she left him a message on her phone mm-hmm. or at least left left evidence you know evidence that she knew that he would find right that would lead him to the path of what actually happened right she left um, on the trail but um so if that so that because they, they go they're in Italy and Bond is recovering from getting tortured and nearly dying at the hands of the Chifre. And then they, you know, that's when they really admit their feelings for each other. They fall in love and they spend, I don't know how much time there. It seems like, you know, weeks, you know, yeah. um, a lot of several weeks there while he's recuperating they just spend time there and then they take off. And that's when Bond, you know, makes his decision to resign. So while they're in, um, where are they in? Is it Venice? Where are they at? Um, the the it's either Venice or Florence. Um, where's the, the the rivers? I'm. I'm I, th- I thought the I thought the Florence? canals were Venice. Okay, Venice. Let's just say Venice. So it's in they're in Venice, and they're in the hotel. So the night before, let's just play this out. This is the what if. So the night before, instead of you know making up her mind, you know she's because she's kind of ducking the quantum people you know quantum slash spectra people she's kind of ducking them but she knows at some point she has to meet with them because she sees the guy at the harbor she knows that they're there and they're watching Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but she's putting it off but then that morning like you're right she she leaves for the bank blah 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 so what if the night before then yeah she confesses everything to bond like listen i've been working for them all this time they kidnapped um, my boyfriend and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they blackmailed me, all this stuff. She yeah. does. What happens then? Does does he forgive her? What 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 is his reaction? And keep in mind, this is not Skyfall, Spectre, Bond. This is Casino Royale Bond. He had just gotten yeah. his double O. He's younger. He's um, yeah. more of a blunt instrument. He's more of a, you know, he, he he's kind of not seeing the big picture like, like M warns him. Um, you need to see the big picture and Le Chiffre even warns some of that as well, you know, tells them you're not mm-hmm. looking at the big picture. So this is a different bond than we get later on in the series. So what do you think happens that night if she confesses everything to him? Hmm. Well, I don't think that he would, I don't think that he would turn her over to, to M. Mm-hmm. I think that he would, Hmm. You know, I think that he would use her to get to Mr. White mm. under the guise of I'm going to help you. But in reality, he turns her into a pawn mm. and just goes into goes into blunt instrument spy mode or or maybe maybe not blunt instrument spy mode. Maybe he goes into calculating, think it through spy mode. 
does he do that because he wants to, you know, complete his own mission as as an MI6 agent, or does he do that because I, I can get you out of this? You know, the the key to getting you out of this is killing Mr. White or just, you know, anybody responsible for anybody in this organization. Because does he know, because I don't even think in um, Casino, they don't learn the name of the organization until no. Quantum of Solace. You know, right. so in Casino, we know of Mr. White, we know of Le Chiffre, we don't know, you know, to the extent of this, you know, how big this organization is. So right. she knows, though. Vesper knows. Vesper you know, knows. Vesper's I aware. mean, Bond really doesn't know how he's still alive. Mm. So does he interrogate her that night? Yeah. And like, because I can't I just let's let's zero in on that point you made just a minute ago. He doesn't turn her in to him because he's still in love with her. He's still in love. He's already resigned his his post. Mm hmm. By this, we can presume the right. We, yeah, he, sent the he sent the email. He sent the email. Yeah. And um, so he's not going to, he, you know, he's not going to he's not going to call him. He's going to he's going to do the same pattern that he had been doing in Casino Real, like when he was in the Bahamas, you know, and he had already broken into her, to M's computer. He figured out where where the chief's guy was. I forget dude's name, homegirl's husband. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's going to go into. He's still oh, going to yeah, be yeah, into yeah, self-containment yeah. mode, right? Right. And work his own and work his own contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does he, all this because he's still in love with her. I mean, I guess the question I'm asking because you remember in the let's call it the sacred timeline. Just let's use a Loki right. term. In the okay. sacred timeline, he once he finds out that she's betrayed him. Remember, he's tracking her, and the guy's like, "I'll kill her," and he's like, "Allow me." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like for just a second. He forgets, mm-hmm. like he's so angry, you know, for just a second. And then in, we see in Quantum of Solace, he's still wrestling with her betrayal, even though he's mm-hmm. fully, you know, he's going, he wants revenge because he loves her. He's still wrestling with his betrayal and Mathis calls him out on that. Um, but I think at this point, it's interesting to just consider, okay, because I agree with you, maybe he does go into spy mode, but is he doing that? ostensibly he might try to fool himself and say, listen, you know, I, I had my mission and now there's this other layer that's been revealed and I need to follow, you know, I need to track that down. I need to hunt that down. Ostensibly I could see him saying that, but then I think on another like more emotional layer that he probably wouldn't want to admit, he wants to get her out of this, you know, and he's still in love with her. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's his, that's his larger conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I mean, if she tells him his, if she tells him the truth, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. We're dealing with a bond who has just resigned. He feels that he's been, he already feels he's been betrayed by Mathis because mm-hmm. Lashif tells him your friend Mathis is my friend Mathis. Right. Right. Um, who actually is his main asset, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, Vespers betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So, man, does he does he turn into a blunt instrument? Does he does he does he does he still stay on that path mm-hmm. and just try to use her as bait to kill everybody in the room mm-hmm. and figure it all out later? You know, I, it's it's interesting because in again in the sacred timeline, by the end of Casino Royale, he's already at the point. Vesper has died. He feels like he knows that she betrayed him. Like you said, he knows he feels that Mathis has betrayed him. 
mm-hmm. he kind of is in a place and he's in denial. He's in straight up denial. You know, he's like, I, you know, the bitch is dead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, M and M, M can see, you know, no, you're, you know, you're denying your feelings. And she sees, she calls him out on it again at the beginning quantum. Um, but he is in straight up denial. So does he, does that denial come sooner? You know, if, 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 if Vesper lives to your point, does he go into blunt instrument mode or surgical instrument and becomes like, no, you don't matter to me at all. You know, you mm-hmm. lied to me. You took advantage of blah, 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 my position as, you know, as a, as a double O, as a MI6 agent. Um, I don't trust you, you know, but you are a key to me figuring out what is really going on. And then that becomes, I can see that becoming quantum of solace, you know? So in other words, quantum of solace becomes not necessarily about him seeking revenge, mm-hmm. but about him dealing with one, he's going to hunt down quantum, you know, You're quantum right. slash specter. He's going to hunt them down using her, using Vesper as bait. Right. But during right. that whole time, he's wrestling with his feelings for her. And she is wrestling with the fact that, yeah, I betrayed you, but I know you still love me and I still love you, you know, so we have to figure this out. So we're presuming that if Vesper tells him the truth, he, you know, he tries to unsend that email. He basically goes <laughs> to resend. Right. Well, you remember M was based, M, M was like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. She wasn't accepting his resignation at that, that point anyway. But yeah, he has to, he backs mm-hmm. off of that. <laughs> he mm-hmm. pulls a Costanza. He just mm-hmm. goes back to work like nothing else happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> like what are you talking about right. I quit oh you're so funny that, that was just a joke like he just he pulls a straight up Costanza so yeah that's that's how he rolls yeah and then I, I think though that because you remember at the be- end of Quantum he says to her you know Emma's like you know we need you back and he's like I never left you know so it was like mm-hmm. in his mind yeah he sent that email but eh, she didn't really accept his resignation we kind of just glossed over that mm-hmm. um but I think that's I mean now that now that when you threw it threw that out there and we've talked about it now it feels that feels like a very, you know, I'm a Quantum of Solace fan, but I, I still feel like that feels like a very interesting movie, you know, for Vesper to have lived and for Bond to have to hunt down this organization while at the same time dealing with the conflict, you know, that he feels for her, you know, the conflicting emotions that he feels for her, which he does in, in Quantum of Solace. But I think it's it's a little bit more clear because he's it's revenge that he's after, you know, whereas if she lived. He's not necessarily after revenge. He's after understanding, you know, how could this have happened? You, you know, how, where, where are you, who are you in my life now? You know, and, oh, and by the way, I also have to go hunt down this huge organization that we just discovered and has their hooks and everything. Mm-hmm. And like Mr. White says is everywhere, you know, um, that's pretty interesting. So do, uh, so ultimately though, do you think they stay together? Do you think that he and Vesper worked this out or, like uh, Daredevil and Electro, they have to go their separate ways. I think they have to go their separate ways because I don't think that Bond has, has anywhere to go with her. He can't go. I don't think he can go forward with her, mm-hmm. especially after her representing his only path forward, mm-hmm. the path that he actually wants to take, you know, because he, you know, he tells her that, you know, you, you, that she's she's got him you know mm-hmm. um yeah that's right the that, beach scene the beach scene he says to her you know he basically like i have nothing left I've, or something yeah i've got to get out while i still have some of my soul left basically yeah and whatever is left of me is yours yeah i forgot about that scene you're right yeah 
That's a really and important I, scene. And I think that um, all throughout, all throughout Casino, you get the sense that you know he's in MI six because he's you know he's got nowhere else to go, and he's doing these things because he's got nothing else to do, mm-hmm. and. Vesper provides this way out for him, and now that's been closed. Mm. Hmm. So he doesn't trust. He doesn't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. But, I actually think he becomes, huh? If this is possible, but I mean, maybe it's a more open way. But I also think he becomes more attached to M as a result of this. Mm. As the only person he can trust. Yeah, or maybe that trust quickens because I th- I think I think I think ultimately he, M is the only one that he can trust, even if he doesn't admit it to himself mm-hmm. throughout all of this, because she's the one that's really dealing straight to him, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so to speak, but mm-hmm. um, but we also know that that she's his favorite. Mm-hmm. He's her favorite. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That he's her favorite. So I think that that becomes a little more of um, not that he's the teacher's pet in that way, um, but he's a little more above board with M with what he's doing and how he's doing it than he had been before. Mm -hmm. But you but you said something really interesting, though, the idea that when we go back to that beat, excuse me, when we go back to that beach scene and. You know, he tells Vesper, yeah, I still have something left. You know, I don't have a lot. It's, you know, mm-hmm. what I've been doing over these years is taking away a lot, but I still have something left and I want to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Then you said, yeah, but if she betrays him, he clo- she closes that door, right? Yeah. Now, in yeah. the sacred timeline, that did happen, you know, because she, she, she betrayed him, but she died. But that door was still closed at the end of Casino. Mm-hmm. You could see it. And then it plays out in Quantum. But if Vesper lives... It's one thing to, you know, in quantum where we see Bond hold on to his anger towards her. But at the same time, you know, he's he's completely in love with her and he's tortured by, you know, her. Yeah. The fact that she's gone It's one thing to do that, though, when she's gone, if she's standing right there next to him in front of him and telling him, I love you and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been in love knows you. I'm not guaranteeing you're going to forgive that person. You know what I'm saying? But there's there's a chance. You know what I'm saying? There's there's at least mm-hmm, a sliver, mm-hmm. like you said, there's a sliver of a chance for like you said, the door she closes the door, there's a sliver of a chance that she can open that door up. So the bond that we see in Quantum and Skyfall Inspector, especially Quantum and uh Skyfall, the bond that we get there is, you know, becoming that cold hearted bastard, you know, that Mm-hmm. bond that we get you know in the uh connery films you know where it's like he's completely like you know not attached to anything um connery had you know connery uh, in, in opposition to lazenby and um dalton i would argue and uh maybe even pierce because pierce had because brosnan had um uh paris carver you know he admitted mm-hmm. that you know he had fallen in love with her in contrast to all those, Connery has, there's no one, you know what I'm saying? The closest thing is Sylvia Trench, you know, that's it. Right. Um, his sometimes, sometimes on again, off again girlfriend, but 
he's a real like you know i'm not attached to anything and so what we get in quantum and skyfall it's almost like you see craig becoming that bond you know and i think that if vesper lives does he become that bond and i i don't know because I, I can't see him i can't see him holding on to that um coldness that we get at the end of casino mm-hmm. and then throughout quantum i can't see him holding on to that because even at the end of quantum remember what does he say to uh uh camille he says you know she says you know do you think that the, they'll rest now and bond says you know i don't think the dead care about revenge you know mm-hmm. i think he's coming to the realization that none of this really matters you know what mattered was you know what i had with her and she had a reason she messed up whatever but she's gone now and you know i have to move on but it doesn't you know these things that are churning within me aren't as important as how i felt about her or who she was so does he you know again does he go through that same process if she's standing right there next to him okay so i don't think that he goes through that same process i think the quantum story in part becomes a redemption story where vesper wants to redeem herself and Bond wants to destroy quantum because almost like a personal quest where it's like, okay, but until I truly destroy quantum, I can never have the, the foundation to even be able to restore my trust in Vesper because I, I won't otherwise know if all of these potential elements that would pull on Vesper from quantum would still mm-hmm. exist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so, um, I, so that would mean that he doesn't, he doesn't go the path of Connery's bond mm-hmm. where he cares about nothing. Um, and, uh, I think he does turn into the bond who, who every mission he has moving forward he has a personal investment in because of the feelings that you describe for Vesper, or, you know, at least the feelings of if you love someone, you know, you want to give them a chance, Mm -hmm. even if you know that you can't trust them. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to. So how does that, how does that happen? How does, how does he create that environment for that to even happen? Mm -hmm. Right. I, I think, you know, the bond that we do get, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of the prototypical bond, you know, the cold hearted bastard, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that doesn't, like you said, I don't think that happens if Vesper lives. I don't think that mm-hmm. happens. Now, I also think what you said earlier, they don't stay together. I think that that can, that's a possibility as well. You know, I feel like in that they don't have to stay together for him to have, you know, learned the lessons, um, you know, that keep him from becoming a cold-hearted bastard mm-hmm. and so essentially we would have a, a very different bond than the one that we have because by the time you get to specter you know whether or not you like that movie or not he is definitely more of the prototypical bond you know that we got you know in the earlier films of you know with different actors mm-hmm. meaning there's a lot of the tropes there but and there's also the kind of like blase attitude um mm-hmm. towards certain things even towards death you know, even towards the, 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 the prospect of danger, um, with the exception of a few scenes, there's like kind of a blase, kind of a, almost a comical attitude. Um, if you think about the car chase in Rome, um, when he kind of like winks at, uh, at uh, Dave Bautista. Bautista. At Hinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think, you know, that bond 
you know, do you, I think getting that bond, if Vesper have, had lived, I don't think we get that bond. I think you get a bond who has learned some things and was forced to not become the cold hearted bastard. Um, whether or not him and Vesper, Vesper are together, I think he still has to handle his emotions and learn some things differently than he did um, on the sacred timeline where she died. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, and I, 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 you know, obviously that's that's almost like creating a brand new character. I guess it is creating a brand, brand new character um, than what we, you know, what we're used to than the prototypical Bond. So maybe that's why they didn't go in that. And plus, you know, we're following at this point, we are following the books because Vesper died and Casino Royale, the book mm-hmm. as well. So, um, but yeah, and, and that set him off in the books and on that path, you know, the, the path to becoming that cold-hearted bastard. What are you about to say? Because he's got nothing to live for. Is that- um. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's because he because, of the, you know, the bond not to get not to make this about the books, but the bond in the books is very much um, m- much more cynical about his job than mm-hmm. the bond in the films. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot more, you know, we get a moment in Living Daylight. It's a great moment where, you know, Bond shows that he has some contempt, you know, for his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, you know, he's, he's conflicted to some degree over what he does. And you get that a lot in the books, but you don't get that as much in the films. Um, I think had Vesper and in the books, obviously Vesper died, but you know, that kind of conflict I think comes from him, um, you know, glomming on to this, this job is the only thing he has to live for. And he's not mm-hmm. necessarily happy about that. Um, so yeah, Vesper, Vesper's death played a part in that. That was his, you know, other than Tracy, you know, that was his one true love. Um, and everything he's loved has been taken away. So his parents, you know, Vesper, Tracy, you know, the things he loves gets, all get removed from his life. So that, that, you know, cynicism that you see in him, um, leads to a more flippant bond in the films. But I think in the book stays in that kind of like cynicism, cynical place, which is interesting. So I think, you know, either way, either path you take, Vesper living or Vesper dying, I think you could get to somewhere close to the same area. But I think the degrees of difference come in again, what would happen? Quantum becomes like the key film in the Craig era. You know, it's like that's that's kind of like the the tipping point. You know, it's going to go this way or it's going to go that way. And if Vesper lives, then Quantum goes this way. And when she dies, it goes the other way. And to your point, I think it is kind of like a redemption story. Quantum becomes a redemption story and it becomes a much more um, agonizing story, even for Bond, because now he has to deal with this person, you know, mm-hmm. as she's because mm-hmm. she, if, if she's if she's dead, he's like, OK, I can just go after revenge and keep my that coldness in my heart until math is causing me out on it. But if she's living, that's a constant, you know, thing that he has to deal with, like, OK, I have to figure out what I'm going to do with this because I want to be with this person. So, and obviously he, if he had his choice, it's of course that she lives. Um, but that just opens up the door for another, like a brand new pathway, a brand new narrative, which I kind of find, I don't know, now that we've talked about it, I kind of find it more interesting. So it's safe to say then in quantum, if Vesper lives, so does strawberry fields. Hmm. Cause would it be safe to say that, that bonds attitude toward women, changes mm. if Vesper lives because he finds himself doing things because he's motivated by love even mm. though he wants to hide it presumably that he would want to hide that because because you know even if you're even if you're repairing a relationship that's based on love 
you you know you're not gonna you're not gonna reveal your hand twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, did you gonna, before I answer your question? Answer this one. Did you find the strawberry fields? Um moment or you know her place in quantum of solace did you find that forced at all i did find it forced yeah i did too i did too even though again, i did I'm find a it Qu- forced. A quantum fan but that because i felt that it was a demonstration of his contempt for women mm-hmm. or was it a demonstration of him not necessarily his contempt for women but his contempt for love in other words i'm you know i'm just angry at vesper she mm-hmm. betrayed me end of story i don't care mm-hmm. about anybody you know what I'm saying? And that, you know, here, let me prove that I'm just going to sleep with this woman or at least try to seduce this woman, mm-hmm. even though my heart inside, my heart is still broken. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, do this because and, and when I first saw Quantum, I was like, how is he, you know, making love to this new woman? And he's still dealing. He's still grieving Vesper, you know. But then later I thought, well, maybe this is part of his denial. You know, this is part of him pretending not to be as hurt as he is. Um so yeah you know that's that's kind of how i rationalize it but if vesper is still alive i don't know man because i think he could if he's still struggling with his feelings for vesper and her betrayal if he's still in a place of self-denial then i could still see him seducing trying to seduce uh strawberry fields as a way to fool himself i could still see that happening Hmm. because you know i don't know i don't i don't see it happening as because the bond that we see in, in, in Quantum of Solace, and this is what M really digs into him over mm-hmm. after they discover Strawberry Fields dead in, in, in his suite. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a bull in a china shop bond. Mm-hmm. And I don't, not that he wouldn't be hurt or the things that you didn't know that you had described, but I don't see him smashing everything up i Mm. see him being more focused on if he's going to inflict pain he's going to inflict it on vesper Mm. and you know and hold the betrayal over her head that's interesting so you think he would be it seems like it would be more focused yeah i would say more focused on uh quantum and all that and blah 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 and wouldn't you know okay that's Mm -hmm. that's interesting i can see that as well that's interesting see that's why we do the what ifs because all these different threads could happen. Um, so it's not just one as many, but yeah, that's interesting. So, all right. So let me ask you this though. Does, I mean, we brought this up though, but just to close this out after this is over, let's say he bring, you know, end of quantum of solace. He thinks quantum is taken down, even though I don't know why, because Mr. White is still out there, but uh, what's his face. Um, uh, oh God, green is mm-hmm. green is dead. Um, that, that plan is foiled. So after Quantum of Solace, do you think he, that last scene where he throws, remember he throws Vesper's necklace down into the snow? Yeah. yeah. And M says, like I said earlier, M says, you know, we need you back. He says, I never left. Does he say that or does, or is that, or does he stay with MI6 post Quantum of Solace? Vesper's still alive. He's, I think he stays with, I think he stays with MI6 mm-hmm. because MI6 becomes something of a security for him something that some a known quantity if you will mm-hmm. you know he knows what mi6 is he knows where he fits within it as expendable as he as he as he knows his role to be as a double o agent he he's still on on firm ground with mi6 mm-hmm. whereas with vesper it's still it's still shaky 
I agree, but I, I'm going to add, <clears throat> excuse me, just as a uh, asterisk, I would say after Skyfall, when M dies, I think that's when he goes back to Vesper. Mm. I, I think he, I think when, because mm-hmm. he may, like you said, he may put all his chips in M's corner now because like, okay, she's the only person in my life I can trust, even though, you know, she's my boss and she's the head of MI6, so she's probably, she probably lies all the time to everybody, but, you know, like he tells, um, uh, Javier Bardem and Skyfall, you know, she, you know, she's never, she never lied to me, even though, yeah, she probably has, but he trusts her basically is what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and you see how, how messed up he is at the end when she dies. So after that, I think he may, I could see him going back to Vesper then in like full circle. Like I've learned all these lessons. I've done this. I, you know, I, if, if, you know, I, I've, I've come to realize that what happened between you and I, the betrayal doesn't, you know, stack up to how I feel about you and blah 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 all that stuff so I could see I could see I'm coming full circle that's my prediction uh I could see that too I think I think the only thing I would insert is that if Vesper still lived he would not he would not so quickly think that quantum was done after the death of Dominic Green because oh she has all the information yeah she knows which, yeah. Well, yeah well yeah oh I didn't even think about it like that I was gonna mm-hmm. say just because just because you know appearances even mm. seemingly certain appearances mm. may not always be the case. And he might go go through it and be like, oh, you know what? The, the you know, Dr. White, that eye isn't dotted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shit, maybe then Skyfall never happens. <laughs> you know, maybe it goes from Quantum to Spectre, you know. Huh. Um, uh-huh. So Skyfall doesn't happen and he just immediately stays, or he just stays on that trail. Um, yeah, yeah. But I guess, I mean... Uh, Skyfall M M's I think before we get to Spectre M has to die. M has to be killed. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I think the bond that we get in Spectre not that you ha- not not that you could remove Vesper from the bond of Spectre, but you mm-hmm. absolutely would have to remove M to get mm-hmm. the bond from Spectre. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, at this point in the what if uh, comic is usually when homeboy, the watcher will show up again and do some type of summary, but he's not here. So we're just going to move on (laughs) to the next one. Right. (laughs) So, but that, I mean, that was, again, that was, that was interesting. I think that uh, the, the, the interesting thing with all these what ifs is that when they create these different timelines or whatever, you not only see kind of the brass tacks of, okay, then this will happen, this happened, but it really, from a character standpoint, how do these characters behave, you know, post this moment, you know? And I think with Bond, so much of, especially Craig's Bond, so much of his attitude, his decisions come down to what happened in Casino Royale, you know, mm-hmm. um, with Vesper. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a le- it's definitely a domino effect and it's something that... Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The yeah, stories can, drastically change. Yeah, drastically. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the next one, what universe we're going into the star wars universe on the next one and this is one that you came up with and when you texted to me i was like oh yeah that's it that's it um so a lot of things happened in season six hold on let me look before i say the wrong thing season five of the clone wars star wars the clone wars and that season climaxed with ahsoka tano 
being mm-hmm. on trial for uh, I think it was murder, wasn't it? Was it murder? I forgot. It was I murder. Forgot. Or yeah, it was because sabotage was the episode seventeen mm-hmm. was when everything jumped off. Um, a bombing at the uh, the Jedi Temple, and spoiler alert: if you've never seen this episode, these episodes, um, uh, you really need to watch them. But spoiler alert: uh, they accuse Ahsoka of this of this bombing, and long story short, she gets it's a, it gets revealed that she is um, she's been framed um, by a, another young Jedi uh, who believes that the uh, the Jedi Order has lost its way. Um, so on and so forth, which she's right about, but she just does the wrong thing for the right reasons. Um, anyway, she frames Ahsoka and Ahsoka's put on trial, you know, which is wild as fuck, you know, because um, like that was I, I don't know if you remember the first time you saw these episodes. But I mean, I, I vividly remember that scene where like Ahsoka is in that room and then all the Jedi are around her, like on yeah. those raised platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And I got like Superman, you know opening a superman when uh uh zod and his people were on trial i'm like y'all are doing this to ahsoka you know it just yeah and they were quick to do it 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 was like there was like it was a quick flip between uh, you know ahsoka the 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 um i almost said inspiring we'll get to we'll get to that and the what if but you know ahsoka the uh up and coming you know promising that's the word Mm -hmm. i'm looking for the promising padawan Mm mm-hmm and they immediately flipped to, you know, yeah, we knew she was a bad seed almost. <laughs> right. I never trusted her. Yeah. <laughs> right. I told y'all to watch her. Right. Yeah, that's that's what happens. And it's it's really jarring to see. And, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. Not to this is a whole nother episode, so I won't get on too much of a tangent. But these four episodes really kind of like highlighted a lot of things that I have issues with the Jedi with, you know, is one of the things, a lot of their hubris, a lot of their, you know, again, getting off of the path that they were supposed to be on, um, comes to a head in these scenes and in the next season when Yoda goes on his quest and learns a lot of things, a lot of these things come to head and it's like, I, their arrogance, you know, is on full display mm-hmm. here, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, y'all are pointing the, you know, all of this is being directed at Ahsoka of all people. Right. Um, so anyway, so Ahsoka goes on trial, uh, again, long story short, go watch the episodes. They're great. Anakin is the only one who believes in her. Um, even Obi-Wan is treating her as suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anakin believes in her. He goes, you know, Anakin goes on a mission, basically a detective mission to find out what's really going on. Um, they discover that she's being framed and all the charges are dropped. And the, the Jedi order, I can't remember Arthur, if they said, we're sorry. I think that's no. nobody ever said, I'm sorry. Okay. Wow. So they don't say I'm sorry, but they do say you can come back to the order. In other yep. words, we, you know, we're not going to apologize for anything that happened, but we're going to give we're going to do you the favor of allowing you to come back to the order. Mm-hmm. And then Ahsoka does something that has endeared her to everyone, you know, for years now. Um, she doesn't give them the middle finger. That's not it. But she does basically do the verbal equivalent. She says no. You know, and she gives Anna, she gives Anakin her reasons, but she leaves. She turns her back on the, the order and she literally walks out the door. Yeah. Um, and we don't see her again until season seven. Um, so our what if, though, is what if Ahsoka stayed with the Jedi Order? We know that Ahsoka, in many ways, a lot of people, a lot of Star Wars fans, a lot of Clone Wars fans regard her as like the epitome of what a Jedi should be. 
you know, she's she's pure and has a a, a cleaner line of sight than a lot of the Jedi, you know, in terms yeah. of um, she's free of a lot of the hubris, um, especially what you see her go through in season seven of the Clone Wars, which explains there's that arc with the Mar- 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 uh, Martez sisters that kind mm-hmm. of explains some of her later on how, you know, Ahsoka has, you know, her viewpoint in Rebels. Um, but knowing that, and I think you share that viewpoint, I think you look at her in the same way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I do. Um, so knowing that, do you think, had she not left the Order, would that, would Ahsoka have influenced the Jedi for the better, or would the Jedi have influenced her for the worse, you know, hmm. from that point moving forward? Um, I think the former. I, I think that I think that had Ahsoka stayed, she would have been um, a symbol for a resiliency that would would be a reflection on how the Jedi operate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she would immediately influence Anakin. Immedi- I think she would immediately influence Anakin because Anakin, when, when, when Ahsoka walked away and said, nope, I'm good, Master Yoda, mm-hmm. and left, Anakin ran out after her, you know, and all but pleaded with her to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the sense that Anakin saw that losing Ahsoka was, was you know, a, the same kind of loss that you know he experienced when his mother died and he mm-hmm. couldn't save his mother you know he mm-hmm. can't save you know ahsoka and he tried he was the one that was actively trying to clear ahsoka's name right you know um so he had gotten a dose of insight also in how the jedi operate and how they're blind to certain things based mm-hmm. off arrogance um so immediately i think that 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 she would have influenced anakin and um you know maybe even staved off if not completely prevented him from turning to the dark side but let me ask you, let me ask you this before we get because that's 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 the that's a, i know that's, that's a major that's, that's the big you know that's that's <laughs> like the the headlining question of this whole conversation but before we get there let me ask you at that point when anakin runs out there when, when you know when when ahsoka turns and leaves and anakin chases her and is like you know no you know He's basically like, why are you tripping? You know, they, they've, they've let you, they're going to let you back in. You know, it's all good now. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't understand, to your point, he doesn't get why she, you know, why she wouldn't want that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he doesn't understand why what she's gone through has opened her eyes to what the order is and mm-hmm. why, how they've lost their way. She doesn't, mm-hmm. she can see that a whole lot. Even if, even at that point, I don't even know if Ahsoka could clearly articulate it. I think it takes her sometimes let it kind yeah. of like to digest what's happened and then again her her experience with the martez sisters and seeing mm-hmm. how other people on coruscant view um the jedi i think all of that informed you know her the clarity of thought that she has later on but regardless of whether she can articulate it or not she knows at that point at the end of season uh, five she knows i need to leave you know yeah. i can't stay with them anymore yeah. and i think has she stayed would she uh, kind of go on with what you were saying? Would she have been able to one further articulate that and, you know, make Anakin understand it as well? You know, would he have been understand? Cause 
Anakin in some ways, man, he has a very binary way of looking at things, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. those nuances, I think, are sometimes lost on him. You know, um, he he can kind of like marinate or you know look at a nuance and kind of like meditate on it for a minute, but then it quickly gets shifted into a box. You know, and I think that's what that's what they say Sith do anyway. They look at things as absolutes, yeah. um, where Jedi are not supposed to. Mm-hmm. But I think Anakin definitely does that, and you see you see that hints of that throughout the Clone Wars. So would he have been able to you know dialogue with with Ahsoka and kind of like you know could they have? had these conversations where it's like, no, this is what I was going through, you know, when these motherfuckers was accusing me of, you know, blowing mm-hmm, up stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is what I was going through and here are the thoughts and here's kind of where I'm at now with it. Would that have had a, a positive impact on Anakin, you know, and how would it have played out with Obi-Wan? Okay. So you mentioned Obi-Wan now. Let, so let's take Darth Vader off the table for, for mm-hmm. a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because because Anakin spends so much time with Ahsoka, obviously so because she's his Padawan. Um, he he he's also really observant. Um, he does have the binary approach to things, but he ta- he is able to take in a lot of information. Hmm. Um, and generally speaking, he'll he'll react to that information with Padme more than anyone else. Hmm. So. I think that she would be an influence on him in kind of kind of um unwrapping what the Jedi with that with the Jedi arrogance and the Jedi approach to things is really like based on how she how he, Anakin, observes Ahsoka after she stays, after this trial has happened. Mm-hmm. Um Obi Wan actually it may explain, uh, we were talking before we started taping and I was talking about in the films, in the first trilogy, the the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin in Attack of the Clones is like really different by the time that you get to Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan is really kind of looking at Anakin almost sideways, like, hey, you know, your relationship with Palpatine is not normal. Mm. That That kind of dialogue wasn't wasn't happening in 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 uh attack of the clones Mm -hmm. even after um palpatine had had really taken interest in 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 anakin Mm -hmm. too you know um in the clone wars the cartoon series is is you know is supposed to fill in a lot of that detail to get from attack to revenge okay so saying that to say i think that had ahsoka stayed in the order that she would have been the one to influence Obi-Wan in the sense that everything that appears isn't necessarily so. Mm. Okay, it talk, may have. Talk, yeah. Talk more about that. Cause I, I think I'm with you in the sense that between those two films in attack, you know, Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin are more, you know, mentor mentee, whereas in Sith, they're more like brothers, you know, right. it's like, so there's, right. there's a, there's a difference and there's a you know difference in degrees when it comes to their relationships. So, but talk more about how do you her how do you think Ahsoka's influence on Obi Wan? Talk more about that. Well, I think that Ahsoka has a extremely high regard for Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and I think that as evidenced in season seven when there's this reunion 
with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka snaps off on Obi-Wan about how the Jedi roll, how how with her experience with the Martez sisters, you know, how they disregard, they just come in, you know, event, you know, MCU Avengers style, tear everything up and then go home without looking after the people that they say that they're supposed to, you know, uh, defend the people of the Republic that they're, that they have, a, that the Jedi order has allegiance to. Okay. Um, that kind of thing gets lost on, on Anakin, but it really resonates with Obi-Wan. So I think that because of the wisdom that Obi-Wan has and the strength of his relationship with Anakin as brothers, he Obi-Wan is able to see things much more clearly than Anakin can because Anakin, in a lot of ways, functions off of desire. He functions off of what he wants and how he wants it. And if it doesn't completely fit into, you know, Anakin's boxes, he'll force it into into it that way. Um, We were just talking about that, how, you know, Anakin went after Ahsoka, don't leave, everything's good now. Why isn't it good? You're back in. He's, he's just compartmentalizing all of her pain into this box of you're back in, let's go like nothing had, had happened. Um, but Obi-Wan knows that people don't function that way, particularly in, you know, in, in the order. So I think that um, Ahsoka leaving the order and, and still maintaining true to the principles of the, of the Jedi order. You know, I mean, Ahsoka didn't go buck wild, right? You know, mm. she 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 stayed with the principles and the teachings of the Jedi Order, and very likely continued the training as best as she could. You know, mm. Obi Wan seeing her still thrive in that way, I think, was an influence on him, mm. and allowed him to really be that much more sensitive to the transformation of Anakin. Yeah, I mean, because if Ahsoka is there, there is a element, you know, in Sith, like I said, they're they're much more brothers and there's no Padme is present, you know, and <laughs> as we find out in Clone Wars, Obi-Wan is very much aware, you know, Clone mm-hmm. Wars season seven makes it clear that very, that Obi-Wan is definitely aware of the relation of that, you know, the relationship between um, Padme uh, and Anakin. Anakin and Padakin, yeah. Padme and then in Sith when he says to her you know you know Anakin's the father right you know it's like mm-hmm. that 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 scene reads differently now obviously since we know in Clone Wars season 7 that mm-hmm. he was aware so it's like mm-hmm. he's just he's not asking he's really confirming you know mm-hmm. um but i think that the 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 insertion of someone else you know other than Padme cuz Padme is also let's let's you know let's keep it clear let's keep it in mind she's got a whole lot of other stuff going on you know what I'm saying she's right. it's not like Anakin is like her 24/7 focus she's you know the senate she's got she's got a whole lot of things going on mm-hmm. um and then she you know and then she's pregnant so you know she's you know so there's a lot going on in Padme's world um but if Ahsoka is present her focus is Anakin and the order and all these other things that I guess I, I guess I'm kind of agreeing with you that puts her firmly in that orbit. It's like three planets in that orbit, you know, Anakin, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. And I think that 
her influence, her maturity. Because at the if you look again, if you watch the end of season five, those episodes, you really see Ahsoka's maturity, especially mm-hmm. in that last scene. She's the most mature person in the room. You know, arguably, mm-hmm. it's not. I'm not, not. I'm not speaking in terms of wisdom because obviously yeah. she's not as wise as Yoda or Mace or even Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. But her maturity, you know, and her ability to not lash out because she could have just lashed out and be like f y'all you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and really raise the middle finger to all of them and just really let out all her emotions but her maturity to do handle that situation the way she did again it showed her as you know her her you know where she is as a jedi is in comparison to the others you know mm-hmm. and i think that to your point that influence on obi-wan it would have to humble him, wouldn't it? I mean, it doesn't yeah. humble him in that that last scene, but eventually right. it would have to humble him, right? I would think so. I mean, I really, even in that scene, you know, I believe that that Obi-Wan was the only one, I mean, arguably Yoda, because you got to mm. figure Yoda's seen everything. But, <laughs> right. but Obi-Wan, I think, is the only one among the council to understand why she would leave and and actually not appreciate isn't the right word but understand the strength that it takes Mm -hmm. for ahsoka to walk away for the Mm -hmm. reasons that she did because she was right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that comes back a little bit in season seven when her conversation you know with yoda because remember they're all talking and then everyone else disappears and Yoda is still standing there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and he's like, you mm-hmm. know, talking to, to Ahsoka cause he can sense something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I figure what he says to her. Um, I don't, I, th- I think he might even offer her, you know, basically he kind of, he kind of suggests that, you know, he still sees her as a Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though that, you know, she left, he still sees her in that way. So, okay. So, but that brings us to, um, Ahsoka's not just her place within the order if she stays with the Jedi, does that her pragmatic her her pragmatic attitude and her her maturity and her purity, her ability basically to be open to understanding more than what's you know being said or what's what's doctrine, does that bring what is what impact does that have on the Force? You know, does she? And you said it earlier before we started recording. You you talked about her maybe being you know the chosen one as opposed to Anakin, uh, uh-huh. but. Outside of that, let's not. I, I don't even want to take it that far. I just want to say, would she have brought some sort of balance or understanding to the force that maybe, you know, again would have a huge impact on the order? Because I think Yoda eventually gets there at the end of season six when you see him in those last three or four episodes. Remember, he goes on that, you know, existential quest basically um, to learn more about the force and he communes with, um, uh, uh, what's my man's name? Liam Neeson's uh, the Qui Gon. Uh, Qui Gon. He communes mm-hmm. with Qui Gon, and he goes on that like you know inner quest. It was re- it was some of some of the uh, best episodes of Clone Wars, and he gets to a really a different place of understanding by the end of um, season six of the Clone Wars. But I think I don't know. I feel like Ahsoka could have helped in that. You know, she mm. she just seems to be open to understanding things that some of the other Jedi may not be. Um, what do you think about that? That's a good point. You know, um, it could be that my line of thinking was, you know, had had Ahsoka stayed after all that she had been through, it mm. would be interesting if if the prophecy were recast that Ahsoka was really the chosen one mm. because 
during her during her tri- her trials, not the trial, but during her trials, you know, she it she basically hooked up with Ventress mm-hmm. to try to work through getting to the bottom of this. You right. Know? And she handled Sith and she handled the dark side and she handled the you know, the light side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um so Wow, maybe she was the one that you know really brought balance to the force. But 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 even just now, I'm completely rethinking this. You know, maybe if Ahsoka had stayed, she'd bring balance to the Jedi Order mm-hmm. and sway them from this staunch um, entitlement of 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 truth and justice, and the the Jedi way is the way mm-hmm. into seeing seeing their actions through the lens of the citizenry of the public of the republic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but i will say this though i will say this had ahsoka stayed it's highly unlikely that she would have encountered the martez sisters right as she did in season seven and the martez sisters were kind of like that second dose of truth Ahsoka got the first dose of truth on her own when she was falsely accused and the Jedi turned her back on her, turned their mm-hmm. back on her. But the second dose was from the Martez sisters when it was like, well, y'all just come through and mm-hmm. then go home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not dealing with the fact that you made all kind of families homeless and, you know, mm-hmm. babies still need to eat and we ain't got no money and da da da. You know, right. you all are just topside high and mighty in the temple. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye-opening experience for Ahsoka because even after all she'd been through, she hadn't even chained up with nothing like that. Mm-hmm. The aftermath, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So I think that um, that uh, even though I do think that it had Ahsoka stayed, it would have shifted the viewpoint of the Jedi Order. Um, but you know, I don't know. She might have moved the needle, but I don't know if she really would have, you know, turned turned their attitude mm-hmm. overall well then let's let's ask the question again like i said the headliner for this what if is if you know what if if ahsoka stays with the jedi order does anakin turn does he still turn to the dark side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. arthur mm-hmm. turnbull yes or no 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 okay why i don't think we get darth vader if ahsoka stayed because i think ahsoka served as the, the rational conscious of Anakin in a mm. lot of scenarios. Um, even at points, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember, trying to remember the one or two story arcs where, where like Anakin, like Ahsoka, look, you know, Ahsoka's like, look, I'm telling y'all, you got to look at this. And even mm. Anakin was like, no snips, we rolling, we rolling this way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that happened a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that happened yeah, a I lot. Talk about, you yeah. know? And a handful of those times, at the end of it, Anakin had to see, like, man, snips was right. Mm. You're right. Even Obi-Wan would be like, you know what, you're Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that after this experience, particularly with Anakin being very involved in working to try to, because Anakin's the one that that catches the true killer. Mm-hmm. I I, for, I forgot homegirl's name. Um, Barris, I think it was Barris. Barris, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Anakin that 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 reveals Barris and mm-hmm. brings her Barris to the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that after that experience, 
as well as Anakin running after Ahsoka, you know, trying to get her to stay. That if she does in fact stay, he mm. would be much more amenable to her opinions. Mm. Mm, okay, I, I, you know, we, I mean, maybe to gotta... the point where they gotta, they gotta, they gotta accelerate Ahsoka, uh, the trials, becoming a knight. Yeah. Because, well, cause, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, like the Padawan is now becoming the master. <laughs> right. <laughs> because right. <laughs> she's schooling him. <laughs> she's schooling him, yeah. I, you know what? I agree with you. I, I would say yes, or I would say no. Um, Anakin doesn't turn to the dark side. And I think that, well, I, I agree with everything you said. And I also think that the scene in Rebels, which I bring up all the time, which is one of my favorite scenes when, mm-hmm. you know, he, Vader realizes for a second, you know, who Ahsoka is. And you hear Anakin's voice, not Vader's mm-hmm. voice. You hear mm-hmm. Anakin's voice say Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. That to me was telltale of just how strong he was connected. Because at that point, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Obi Wan mm-hmm. said. You know we, what he tells Luke. You know the man you knew or that I knew, my friend is gone. You know there's there's nothing but machine left or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's nothing but Vader left. Mm-hmm. So he's gone at that point. But even even though he's gone, he still connects with her in that moment. And, you know, he calls her name. Yeah. And to me, that's telltale just how strong their connection is. So I can't see that's one. That's just an additional reason. And I also think that um, her influence over him, you know, because they and they hint at it in season seven of the Clone Wars. When you see that moment where she's asking about Anakin and Obi-Wan is, you know, telling her, you know, Anakin's not here. He can't talk to you right now. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. and she's she's and she senses something wrong. Something's wrong. And then she talks to uh, Maul, and Maul is like, "No, Anakin is the one that Palpatine wants." And blah blah blah. Yeah. All of those things kind of like hinted at the fact that you know what? If she could have had one conversation with Anakin, it could have changed everything. You know, mm-hmm. just one conversation. Even mm-hmm. in season seven of the Clone Wars, if she could just mm-hmm. talk to him, mm-hmm. it would have changed everything. Mm-hmm. Partly, I think, because Anakin held her in such high regard, I don't think he would have, he would have been more careful about what he did to himself if, if you know, if Ahsoka is standing right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because he, mm-hmm. he, her caring for him kind of forced him to be more careful with his his decision making as well. Um, so those are all the reasons. But then I have to let me just throw this. I know we got to wrap up, but let me just throw this in there. If Ahsoka stays with the Jedi Order and it's apparent that her her presence would keep Anakin from going to the dark side, you know, Palpatine is going to get involved. Yeah, he, he tried to take to her try out to kill Ahsoka. He yeah. would definitely right. try to kill Ahsoka. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He would put put some because he's got to isolate Anakin. He's got to isolate Anakin. Right. There would be like order 66.5 or order, <laughs> order, order 65. <laughs> section 6, section you know, two. <laughs> whatever. It's like, you know, just go hunt down this particular Jedi. You know, yeah. she has to go, you know, because in order for my plan to happen, he's never going to confide in me or make me his confidant completely with her standing there yeah it's go ahead go no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say it's that loss like i was saying earlier um i was alluding to you know when ahsoka leaves that loss Mm -hmm. it gets gets, it straw breaks the camel's back it gets added on to the loss of him not being able to save his mother you know he Mm -hmm. couldn't keep ahsoka in the the order even after he tried he couldn't save his mama even after he tried lost qui-gon yeah Mm mm-hmm because you know, Dave Filoni to 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 um, that infamous episode of uh, 
Star Wars gallery, um, Disney gallery, whatever it's called, when, you know, behind the scenes of Mandalorian, Dave uh-huh. Filoni went off on like this. <laughs> he did this whole, you know, dissertation, um, basically breaking down um, Phantom Menace and Duel mm. of the Fates, you know, talking about mm-hmm. why, you know, if, you know, how Qui-Gon dying sent Anakin on the path to the dark side, um, even at that, you know, at that early moment, because had Qui-Gon lived, X, Y, and so Dave Filoni did his whole what if, you know, mm, basically, mm-hmm. and laid it all out. And so, yeah, when you add that, that you know, Qui-Gon, his mother, uh, Ahsoka on top mm-hmm. of that, then by the time he gets to Padme, now you're saying I'm about to lose Padme too? And it's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 that's it, you know. And had Ahsoka still been in the order and been there to talk to him, talk him through this, she would have thrown so much shade on Palpatine you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It would have been, there would yeah. have been, I just can't see Anakin going that direction. Um, I think she would have pulled him back. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think he turns, but again, if the watcher were here, he would show up and wrap that whole, you know, alternative timeline slash multiverse up. Um, and then tell us we have to stick with the sacred timeline because that's just what happens. Okay. You know, y- go ahead. Y- so, one quick thing, because you had, you had brought up this point, which was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. even though with how you just broke that whole thing down about Palpatine needing to remove Ahsoka from the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he didn't have to kill her, but maybe he isolates her somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about if Anakin turns, Ahsoka's still in the order, does Ahsoka take one of the twins? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Instead of Anakin Obi-Wan. still turns... Ooh, that's a great question because, oh, you know know what it makes me think of is that I don't think, first of all, I don't think Ahsoka would be as compliant and just going into hiding and just, you know, Mm -hmm. because, oh, I don't know what the hell Yoda did for his first few years of, you know, exile. You know, I guess we'll get that sometime in a book or a a movie or animated show. But we know that Obi-Wan is charged with looking after Luke. You know, he gives Luke right. to, to to the uh, uh, to to what's the name, um, Uncle. You talking about Leia? No. He, oh, he oh you talking about Uncle to, Owen? You know, yeah. Yeah, Uncle Owen. He gives Luke to Uncle Owen, and he watches on Tatooine. He watches out. You know, his job right. is to keep a a distant eye on things to make sure. Right. Now, why he couldn't just raise them? I guess because he, maybe they felt that. Luke and Leia could not be with the Jedi because if that Jedi, you know, if anybody ever discovers that, you know, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. is a Jedi, then they kill mm-hmm. him and now Luke is exposed as well. Well, there's also that attachment thing. Right. Oh, there you go. So that's to more, to more to my point. I don't think Ahsoka would be as adherent to those rules. She would probably, mm-hmm. she would be like, no, give the child to me. I will, I will raise the child. I will mm-hmm. train the child, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of being attached, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I can see that happening. And so, yeah, I do see her saying, let me take me. She might even pull some subterfuge. She might have said, OK, yeah, I'll go drop the baby off here. And then she just keeps the baby with her, mm. you know, and just mm-hmm. raises the baby. Um, she does. You now, we do have to bring up when Grogu was brought to her in The Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But in this uh, uh, season two of The Mandalorian, when Grogu was brought to her, she doesn't immediately say, OK, you know, I will raise this child. She says the child has to choose. Now, mm-hmm. granted, mm-hmm. Grogu is older. You know, he's he's fifty not years an old. Infant. He can communicate right, he's not at some level. He's like, right. he's yeah. He's you know, I don't know, a toddler or maybe whatever. However, mm-hmm. how that works in his species. Um, 
so there's that he has the ability to choose to reach out to the force and choose mm-hmm. um but i still think though yeah I, I think she does she takes one of the twins she takes one of the twins and and raises one of them um maybe also arthur because at that point if she knows that anakin has turned yeah. you know because if she knows if, if obi-wan shares everything that happened or if she's even there on uh-huh. whatchamacallit during that fight wow that'd uh-huh. be crazy yeah. Um, if she's on there, Mustafar. if she, uh-huh. she, yeah, on Mustafar, if she's there and she knows what's happened, she may be so devastated and over and maybe feeling guilty and all these other things that she may look at one of the twins as her chance at redeem, redeeming herself and like, mm-hmm. no, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could also happen. So yeah, I think, I think so. You, do you think so? You think she takes one of them? Yeah, I think she takes one of them. I think that, um, because it's really compelling that Luke went with his aunt and uncle. I mean, it really did make sense um, that he would be raised by family. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the Galaxy DCFS or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of mm-hmm. funny. I, I kind of think I kind of think Ahsoka would have been fist fighting with uh, Senator Organa. Because Senator Organa was like, I'll take the girl. He was, he was like, <laughs> right away. <laughs> he was, he was laying right. claim. My wife is always, this will get my wife off my back. <laughs> exactly. 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 This will clear all kind of stuff out. Right. I'm um, good for a few weeks now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I almost think that, that, that if the, if, you know, if, if it, if it, if the option presented itself that mm. she, Ahsoka would take Leia mm. and uh, Obi-Wan would, you know, roll with plan A and get Luke to to the, to uh uncle owen mm-hmm. um but yeah i see that and i do see a, a scenario where maybe ahsoka was instructed a thing and then just called an audible but like you know what mm. i'm keeping you we about to we about to go tear up the galaxy together well you know what man it's um it's sad to say that what if we'll probably never get what if applied to the bond universe because you know unless disney buys uh (laughs) from uh from amazon that's not gonna happen but who knows maybe one day we will get a what if star wars series and i would love to see some of these things play out um i don't know how the star wars fan fandom would take it because they're so they're much more adherent to uh, for obvious reasons more here to canon you know than uh well i think we saw that play out in the uh in the last trilogy what if uh what if the chosen one were black Right, right. So, I mean, they're just, they're more, you know, their whole canon thing is just at another level than what it is with the MCU. I mean, we also just saw with this Visions thing that's coming later this mm-hmm. this month, you know, everybody was like, is it canon? Is it canon? You know, so that's mm-hmm. that's always the first question. But mm-hmm. so I don't know how they would react to a what if, you know, but I, for one, would love it to see some of these things. And this is a huge one, you know, to see what would happen. What's one of the possibilities of what would happen um, if, if Ahsoka had stayed with the Order? So good one, but this this mm-hmm. was fun, man. Maybe we should do this again. I don't know. the The what if series is um, it, you know, it's available right now. This is the first week it dropped, so I'm not sure how many episodes it is. Um, but maybe we'll do a wrap up when that season is over. Maybe we'll talk about what we saw in that season, and maybe we'll do some more of our own. You know, taking yeah. it, taking the what if to uh, to other universes. Because mm-hmm. I think we messed around and 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 potentially have fixed some of the issues we have with the Star- Skywalker saga. <laughs> right, right. Cool. All right. Well, this has been Matt Unreal, episode 40. Good Lord, what are we on? 43. 50 Man. is coming very soon. Whew. 50 is, is right around the corner. 
Ugh, this is Arthur. That is Isaac. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Use the hashtag MadUnreal. Let us know what you think um, about our, our what-if scenarios. Um, what do you think would go down um, with the same franchises that we were talking about in this episode? Pontificating on. Pontificating on. That's an excellent, excellent word to use. Right. All right. See you next show. Peace. Keep it unreal. <laughs>